watched Buffy. Buffy's good. I'm easily scared by scary things, so I like, never got into any of those shows. Criminal Minds is where I can take it because it's like, oh, this show is about how men are a danger to women. I can take this show in. But that one's like, oh, like a monster might crawl out of your bathtub and murder you. I can't do that. I got to take baths. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello, 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 everyone. It's me, it's your girl, it's your host, uh, Lauren Mitchell, the person, me, who hosts Cavern of Secrets, this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, welcome to our final episode of 2016. Uh, we really did the damn thing this year, you guys. We had, we had a big year. It was a good year for Cavern, even if it was not an incredible year for humanity people politics me personally um i had some shit happen to me this year that just wasn't a great year 2016 was not a great personal year for me but it was a great personal year for me in terms of this podcast making this podcast talking to all the fucking amazing women who i talked to this year uh working with unchman just everything everything was so good every fucking nice thing anyone said to me about this podcast any tweet someone sent me, any DM anyone sent me, any email anyone sent me, just know that I really appreciate any nice thing anyone has to say about this or me or the work that we do. I just, you know, I wanted to say thank you. You know, I feel like not all is lost if if you can find something big and something good about the work you've done. Fuck, if you can find something small and tiny, like a needle in a haystack of the work you've done, and you like that, and it makes you proud, and it makes you happy, then I'm like, fuck, I think that's amazing. If you can do something with your time, with your energy, with your creative resources, and it provides you a sliver of good feeling, of pride, of warmth of whatever then shit you had a great 2016 <laughs> you know that's what I've been trying to do and I think it's kind of working I'm trying to remember that an overwhelming bad doesn't negate all the little good things right I hope that that's true I think that it is true yeah on this final episode of 2016 I would like to say Thank you. Cheers to all our collective successes and our collective we happy moments. And I hope that you guys have a good last bit of 2016. And I hope that 2017 is popping for all of us, you know, except for Donald Trump. I hope 2017 is popping except for everyone but Donald Trump. <laughs> because fuck him. In the words of one of the greatest rappers of our time, YG, fuck Donald Trump. You know what I'm saying? This is a really good episode. 
Uh, I really had fun talking to our guest this week. Uh, I interviewed or I spoke to, as you know, this isn't really, I'm using the term interview quite loosely here. Um, I spoke to Vicki Moshma, who is a uh, staff writer for Metro. Uh, she used to work over at Canada Land, is one of the uh, people who was running the Canada Land book about Canada, which comes out next year. Or is it out now? I don't know. We're going to have to check, put it in the show notes. Um what you need to know is that Vicky is so fucking smart, so hilarious, so charming, so lovely. Uh, and you guys are going to like this episode because I laughed a lot while we recorded it. And so I think you're going to laugh a lot and really enjoy listening to it. So one more time, I hope you have a great holiday if you celebrate that shit. I hope you have a great last couple weeks of 2016 if you don't do holiday shit. Uh, and I look forward to seeing and hearing and doing all of the sensory things with you and whatnot in 2017. Okay, much love. this podcast exists is because I just got really bored of the way that men interview women. That's fair. You know? There's a very annoying quality about it. Yeah. And they're always like, what's it like to be a woman doing this thing? And you're like, what kind of fucking question is that? I think there's just very few people who can give you the alternative answer where it's like, well, when I was a cat working in comedy, you know, like there's no one who can tell you like differently. You can be like, well, it looks like you have it easier. That's really the answer. Yeah. Yeah, so I remember, well, <laughs> Carrie Brownstein, former guest on this podcast. <laughs> Congratulations. Name drop, name drop, name drop. Um, she just, I mean, I remember reading an interview with her once where she got so frustrated by, like, male music journalists asking her what it was like to be in a girl band. She was just like, honestly, I've, like, only ever played music as a woman with other women. So I'm the wrong person to ask this question to. Like, you should find a man that plays in a band with a bunch of women. Like, they'd have a way better perspective. Yeah. I don't know. It's always the same shit, you know? It is always the same shit. And the answer is kind of always the same. You're basically just like, oh, there are parts of it that suck, but sometimes it's great. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's harder because I'm a woman, and sometimes I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There are things I also don't know, and yeah. that's sort of what it comes down to. I like, I just really hate that question because it assumes that, like, you were going to do something else if you— Yeah. Like— being a woman somehow is like, you're doing this against all odds. And some of it, maybe, but for the most part, it's just like, just existing, you know, yeah. just doing the thing you want to be doing, just doing the job. Like, no one ever approaches teachers teachers and is like, what's it like being a woman in teaching? Yeah. It's like, these are just jobs that people do. Yeah. The fact that you haven't seen women in them, well, men, that's actually kind of your problem. Yeah. You did this. Yeah. What's it like <laughs> not allowing women to work? How's that been? <laughs> What's it like having every job ever throughout time? Yeah. Has that been working out for you? <laughs> Tell me about your history. How does that feel? What is it like to be the president? I have no idea. <laughs> you guys are doing a really good job with that. It's like to run countries. <laughs> oh, man. Men have such a great time running countries. It looks like Monopoly, but with suits, like really nice suits. <laughs> they lo- they've lost their minds. Yeah. Did you see this thing today about uh, the Filipino president? president or prime minister, he's like, oh, yeah, just the other day I was on my motorcycle killing people. I was like, oh, dude. You like you just said that in a press interview? Yeah. Oh, yes. You know, my human hunting. <laughs> I've run out of animals that are going extinct. Like, on. The country's going to run itself, so I thought I'd had to get in the streets. Yeah, <sighs> you know, put the country on autopilot, do some human hunting. That's what I'm into. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's uh, some rich people shit. <laughs> it is. That's the sort of thing you say when you have, like, just no consequence. Yeah. Nothing will happen to you, so why not? I went people hunting. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing that now. <laughs> Extreme sports. Do you think the apocalypse is forthcoming? Because <laughs> I just, every time I watch the news, which I, like, try not to watch the news because it's very stressful. Um, but I just feel like every day I'm like, oh, something, oh, oh, and it, oh, okay. It's like the dominoes are lining up and I don't know, something, I just have a bad feeling. Hmm. I don't know if I can say that I think the apocalypse is coming. <laughs> I just hope that it is. You're pretty lit. And that I look super cute at it. Yeah. Like, I think it could be a fun little party. But, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like every generation's felt for some reason at some point, like, it was all going very poorly very quickly. I feel like I remember in 2007 when you were, like, watching all the banks slowly collapse. I was yes. like, well, this is it. This yeah. is the end. Everything is going. China's going to buy America. This is it. This is over. And that feeling faded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I definitely think you're right. Because I think that, I mean, you look at the... The Cold War and, like, all of that shit, right? It's just, like, this sort of heightened... When you get into a place where everyone feels this, like, heightened sense of fear and, like, insecurity, then I it can also be really easy to feel like some terrible, terrible, worst shit ever is on the horizon. Yeah, and each thing makes the next thing much more exponential. So I kind of feel like there's a sense where people are sort of overreacting to something. So, like... I don't want to judge people who genuinely have an affection for the man, but, like, Alan Thicke died today, and I was like... I can't. I don't. Why is this taking over my timeline? I get that he's important, but like I've I haven't heard of him since probably a year and a half ago. And Robin Thicke was a thing. Like yeah, right. his level of consequence isn't enough to amplify this. But because it's been such a year of like people's heroes dying, people yeah. feel the need to be like, oh my god, and another one. But you know, he was just a man who had a decent sitcom and an annoying son. Yeah. Oh my god. Let's put this into perspective. Like everything doesn't have to be exponentially awful. Yeah. And I think that. This year's been such a weird year for celebrity deaths, too. Like, I feel if you counted, there would be, like, way more celebrities that died this year than any other year. But also, maybe I'm wrong. And we're having a weird, like, cultural shift in how we talk about death and grieving in a public way. I'm not sure which one it is. (laughs) I think those things are happening. I also think we just have so many more celebrities than the previous generation had. So, like, we're, I think, in a sense, we are losing track of some of Mm -hmm. them because... Yeah. There's just so many more. But I think, you know, 20 years from now when it starts to be like YouTube stars, are we going to be able to keep track of everyone who everyone loved? Oh I don't God. know. Sorry. <laughs> Probably a horrible thing to say. <laughs> the YouTube stars getting the obits in the New York Times. Cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> you say that like there's a specific one you can't wait for. <laughs> So I have a, like, a kid that I mentor through Big Brother Big Sister. Yes, I am a humanitarian. Thank you so much. And they watch YouTube like we used to watch TV. Huh. Like, they have, like, favorite YouTube celebs. Like, they have this one guy that they're, like, obsessed with. He's, like, the cute one. And he does, like, video games. And I'm just like, I am lost. (laughs) I was like, what happened to Zach Morris? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 22 minutes, commercial breaks. That's so cute, though. It is really cute, but it blew my mind. 
They don't have to fight anybody to watch YouTube. Right? Remember, I had to, to fight my siblings to get in, te- in front of television. I was the youngest, so I never saw anything I wanted. Oh, but, see. like, they don't have to fight anybody? Yeah. Man, I remember when I was, like, 18, if I couldn't, if I was missing it, I used to get my dad to tape the OC for me. And, like... <laughs> Terrible taste, but go on. <laughs> thank, thank you. Um, <laughs> this podcast has a lot of... I bet if you, like, control f to this podcast, the OC would come up, like, so <laughs> many times. Kyrell and I once had... Uh, you kind of know Kyrell? Yes. She's, yes. Anyways, very dear friend of mine, returning guest on this podcast. The last time she was on, we had heavy OC discourse. Um, we just love teen dramas. I like teen dramas, but I have a maximum in the way that when I was a teenager and mm-hmm. had my own drama, I also had a maximum on yeah. that. So it's like, <laughs> the teen dramas are great, but sometimes I just think, don't you guys care about school? Because that's the kid I was. <laughs> I was like, where is the drama around getting an A- minus versus an A? How come none of these kids seem to care about that? And I just feel like, how come none of these kids don't care about getting into university? I feel like that's why I liked Gilmore Girls as a teen drama, because I was like, these girls are really into school. Yeah. This is a drama I can get behind, where it was like, the OC was like, oh, Ryan punched another person. I'm like, well, he's obviously never going to Harvard, so yeah. <laughs> not interested in his narrative. Did you want to know he did end up going to Berkeley, so... But, like, <laughs> is it plausible? Because season one that I saw, that boy was, like, moody and, like, kind of appeared to read books, but would, like, throw them out whenever a woman appeared. So, like, was it plausible that it, he went to Berkeley? Okay, so did you know, you know how, like, poor people do a lot of jobs like construction, like manual labor? So turned out he was just naturally really good at that. And subsequently was really good at, like, architecture. So they really gave him... A terribly classist narrative (laughs) where he took his blue collar using his hand skills and moved them into Ivy League skills. Wah, wah. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And you had your father record these for you. Oh, yeah. Does that mean he had to watch them to record them for you? You know, and he always made fun of me for them. But then I was like, you secretly love this show. (laughs) You love the drama. Um. Also, just like forever shout out to Peter Gallagher, uh, oh, great yeah. actor of our time. He he can do no wrong. No, those eyebrows. Oh boy. <laughs> I want I want a blanket made out of those eyebrows. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe God forbid when Peter Gallagher like, dies, he'll I donate just, them to science. <laughs> I will say this and then immediately regret it. I wouldn't allow anyone to motorboat me except Peter Gallagher. All right, you know I feel that I've got a long time love for Sandy Cohen slash Peter Gallagher. Was it? Oh, he was the dance was, teacher in Center Stage. He wasn't, yes. Oh, my God. And he was on the most recent, like, the last season of The Good Wife, looking fine as hell. Yes, and he also showed up in Law & Order. Man, that man hits all my television and movie highlights. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Center Stage. That's a banger of that a movie. That movie should have won an Oscar. Yeah, honestly. Also, Zoe Saldana's in that movie. Yeah. Looking great. Also, the chick who's, like... Was in all those teen movies for, like, that chunk of time. She's in 10 Things I Hate About You as well. I think her name's Susan May Pratt. That would be really me pulling from the vaults of my that brain. That's a that, 90s deep cut yeah. person to know. Honestly, I should know more about, like, books and stuff, but here I am pulling <laughs> D-list celebrities out of my fucking brain. Anyways, cool, cool, cool. Spent a lot of money on an English degree, so <laughs> what does it matter? Um, yeah, oh, man, center stage. Classic. <laughs> All-time classic. Center Stage was fantastic. I think it 
gave me aspirations about being a ballerina that had very little to do with my dance ability. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you get to go to a school where other people have drama and no one has to study. Yeah. This is the best thing ever. Because I was a huge nerd. I had, like, the idea of not studying in university. I was so excited about that. I still achieved that in university, but I was not meant to. Yeah. So, like, the idea of going to a school where you just, like, dance with your friends and it was cool. I was like, this is what university should be. Yeah, everyone's, like, really serious about dance. Yeah. Like, I mean... I, w- I really wish I could have been a ballerina, but it was never going to happen because I'm too top-heavy in the boobs, you know what I mean? Are there no larger-chested ballerinas? I've never seen one. There's still, t- <laughs> there's still time. <laughs> yes, well, I think at th- 30 with my – I recently sprained my ankle as well, so I'm, like, coming off of – I have we- I have bad ankles, uh, big boobs. <laughs> This just sounds like the sort of comeback story that they make Center Stage 2 Center for. Center Stage 2. There we go. Thank you. Do you want to well, be in it? I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I... loving our new vehicle. <laughs> oh, my God. You get Peter Gallagher in it? He yes. would come back. Peter Gallagher would come back. Uh, Who is the sketchy Russian dude? That guy's name, I cannot tell you because I don't think he was ever in another single film. Okay. But he was also hot. possibly not Russian. That's bad. Yeah. I mean, he looked vaguely Russian. Can someone look vaguely Russian? Honestly, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's maybe a little we'll out of pin in that idea. Yeah. <laughs> Did you like the new Gilmore Girls? I'm asking you. I haven't watched it, and you can spoil it for me. I don't care. Uh, yeah, I liked it, mm-hmm. but I think I just liked it in, like— a purely nostalgic way. Yeah. And I also liked it because when I watched it as a teen, I used to love Rory because she was like, she was kind of boring mm-hmm. and not all that interesting mm-hmm. and just good at school. Yeah, you're like, like I relate to I'm that. Like, I identify with that because that's me right there. Yeah. Uh, but on this one, she was like bad at her job and super entitled and hyper rich. And I was so excited <laughs> to hate her. <laughs> <laughs> so like I loved the series. So I was like, "Yes, you are emblematic of everything I hate in the world," and I get to watch it happen. <laughs> yeah, everyone I know that's watched it is like, mm, "Girl, how are you so rich? You've written like one freelance piece in like six months." She was like, "I wrote one New Yorker piece, yeah. and now I'm never gonna work again." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All my friends that have been published in the New Yorker are like, mm, "Twitch eye, like, like, no. where's my million dollars?" <laughs> Yeah, so like, I really liked it because I think it was just a lot of fun to hate her mm-hmm. for a little bit. And the rest of it was just kind of like, ah, fine. I really do hate, this is a gender thing. So her husband, Daniel Palladino, writes half of the episodes in this. And you can tell which episodes are his because you oh. used to be able to tell which episodes of the original Gilmore Girls were his. Because he, for some reason, really is bad at writing women. He spent seven years writing women and is still incredibly bad at it. That's kind of crazy. And he, like, runs away from it all the time. So there's a point in the new Gilmore Girls where there's, like, a 10-minute unnecessary musical piece to it. And that's just because he doesn't want to write any dialogue coming out of Lorelai's mouth because he doesn't know how to deal with her. So there's this, like, weird set piece happening in the middle, like this weird movie inside these, this movie TV show thing. Oh, it's so bad. Holy vey. That's, yeah. I remember, so I was, like, when Gilmore Girls was on TV... I watched it until Rory went to, like, I watched it as a teenager until she went to university, which is where I dropped off in, like, most of the teen dramas because I was like, whatever, I'm going to university. I don't need this. Um, 
But everyone says that it got bad after she went to university, and then they didn't write the last season, right? Yeah. So they kind of like took. I hate like I hate the idea of that that you would take someone's baby and just like give it to some other writers. Yeah, they. I guess they had like contract issues with CW, so they left the show in the last season, and then it got carried forward. And going back, they didn't carry it forward that poorly. Like, the show is already headed in such a weird direction. <laughs> they were introducing all sorts of new and bizarre boyfriends and all sorts of awfulness. And they still, again, hadn't figured out Rory. She was still sort of, like, laying around being entitled. And in mm-hmm. the last season, they kind of gave her work to do. So I, guess, I think the new writers actually did a better job than they were pointing uh. that character in. So I guess for them, this fulfillment of Rory is a lazy, entitled layabout was a fulfillment of a direction they were already pointing her in. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. I was always a Paris fan, I have to admit. Oh, same. Because I was like, I relate to her because she's like smart and like school, but is also just kind of like crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Like she's crazy. She's petty as hell. Yeah. And she's just focused. Also, I just like never had boys chasing me around in high school. Yeah. Shocking, I know. Um, But like... I was just like, I relate to Paris, who's like, I don't know, just like a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel this character a lot. Yeah, I always liked, I always liked Lane. Yeah, Lane was so Lane. cool, man. Like, Lane was there being like ride or die, talking about interesting stuff all the time, being really into music, and Rory would be like, oh, Dean. <laughs> and I was like, Lane, dump this girl. She's garbage. She's a terrible friend, and she's boring. Dean, also worst boyfriend of all time. Didn't he build her a car? Isn't that a nice I thing? I don't. Like, who cares? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Dean, that hair, that face. I don't know. Also, I once did myself the disservice of watching an entire season of Supernatural and was like, <laughs> like, so mad about. Okay, so he's one of the two dudes okay, on yeah. Supernatural. I never watched it. Okay, I'm here to tell you, you do not need to. It's been over <laughs> 11 seasons. Listen. Wait, is it still on? Oh, buddy. Yes, it is. What? And the premise of the show is, like, if you hate women. Which I do. And you love to see them get murdered. Oh, of course. Supernaturally or otherwise. Then you are going to love Supernatural. Well, see, you're only selling it to me because I love Criminal Minds. (laughs) (laughs) Which (laughs) is really based on the murder of plenty of women. Oh, God. But at least they have, like, regular women characters in the show who don't get murdered off. True. This would literally be, like, I was watching with my sister, and we would be, like, Every time, like, a woman was introduced in an episode, we'd be like, mm, yep, she's going to die a very violent death before this four five minutes is up. <laughs> and every time, we were correct. It was always, too, there would be, like, possibly some, like, sexual vibes happening. And then, yeah. like, we'd be like, okay, no, maybe they're going to keep her around because there's sexual vibes going on. No, just still, just violent murder. Their mother gets murdered, violently murdered in the first episode. And their dad... I don't know if this changes later on. Their dad is played by fucking Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, my God. Looking fine as hell, as per usual. As huge. always. <laughs> so I was like, you're too good for this. Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, never I, yeah. watched Supernatural. Sorry to all the Supernatural fans I'm offending. Well, there, there's 11 seasons, so probably a lot. There's I've a, never met one, but probably a lot. It turns out I have a friend who is a Supernatural fan. <laughs> She's, like, so <laughs> smart and so amazing and so funny and so kind. And she told me that, and I was like... This seems very out of character for me. <laughs> I also just feel like you could just watch Buffy. I never watched Buffy. Buffy's good. I'm easily scared by scary things, so I like, never got into any of those shows. That's things that fair. are slightly terrifying. Criminal Minds is where I can take it because it's like, that's 
clear and present danger. Like, oh, this show is about how men are a danger to women. I can take this show in. But that one's like, oh, like a monster might crawl out of your bathtub and murder you. I can't do that. I got to take baths. <laughs> okay. So I'm exactly the opposite. <laughs> I'm like, I love supernatural scary, like only like supernatural scary shit because I'm like, it's fake. But like the violence against women stuff is like, I go to bed and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. There's like a, there's a time maximum on watching a Criminal yeah. Minds type show where it's like, after about 9.30, I wouldn't recommend yeah. that. Especially if you live alone as a woman, don't do it. Or if you like got to go to a walk to like the grocery store or something oh, at yeah. night, you're like, hmm. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's coming Yeah, there me. are moments where you're like, well, this is how that episode started. Yeah, right? <laughs> she was I walking just... and she was looking at her phone. <laughs> My friend recently... Cut to the FBI. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. My friend made me watch this horror movie recently that was about home invasion. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is my worst nightmare, that someone breaks into your house and murders you. Yeah, that's fair. And that's why everyone in America has a gun, because that's literally what they think is going to happen to them. I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean... I mean, second amendment, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know. They have a right to it, but, like, I don't know about that. Because <laughs> I'm ra- I'd rather watch a movie about home invasions, because, again, that's real. At least in that movie, I can be like, well, let me just take down some tips. <laughs> Let me write down some instructions on what these fools are doing that I should not be doing. Yeah. And, like, what what kind of household items could end up being a good weapon? Yeah, exactly. That I can do. Where it's, like, late at night sometimes and I hear the door creak. I'm like, okay, we're ready. (laughs) I've learned from the movies. You know, throw the pot of plants, potted plants at this person and run like hell. Whereas, like, if there's a movie, oh, there's some movie out there where it's, like, about spiders and spiders come out everywhere. I think I watched it once when I was a kid. And I just couldn't do it. Is that, what's the... Eight legs, the eight legged freaks. Eight legged freaks. Yeah, oh, I watched no, part I of that, and that. I was like, "No, absolutely not." If the spiders come for me, I'll I'll just end up dying. I'm not fighting this one. Have you ever seen the movie Deep Blue Sea? I have. Okay, love Deep Blue Sea. Uh, Thomas Jane, of course, celebrity Thomas Jane, hero to many, movie. hero to many. Um, LL Cool J. Also looking fine as hell in that movie. LL Cool J looks fine as hell always. Yeah, he's aging amazingly. Shout out to you, LL. I feel like he just, like, wakes up. You know the Wallace and Gromit thing where Wallace gets up and, like, is hydraulic into his clothes? <laughs> I feel like LL Cool J is, like, hydraulic through, like, a lotion bath and it's, like, a series of them. Because that man is always glowing. Yes. And when he pops out, they put a Kangol hat on him. <laughs> Um, I like Deep Blue Sea, though, because I just feel like I'm never going to get murdered by a shark. And so then I feel empathy for the shark because I'm like, you're just chilling. And then these people came out here with their fucking science experiment. And now you're like, bitch, I just want to be left alone. That is fair. That one is earned. Everyone in Deep Blue Sea earned every (laughs) death that they got. (laughs) Also, it's got such amazing, like, death scenes. Like, just the most insane. Oh, yeah. You're just sitting there waiting for, like, okay, well, how's the shark gonna mess up this person? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it Sam Jackson that he just, like, eats? Oh, like, he, like, goes above him, like, free willy and just snatches him from the air? Oh, it's beautiful. (laughs) So good. Oh, man. Oh, God, I love that movie. It's great. We, (laughs) my best friend has it on VHS, and (laughs) for a while, we lived together, like, a couple years ago, and we 
didn't have the internet for a couple weeks because, you know, sometimes tech savvy is like, oh, we'll get there when we get there. Um, and then the only DVD player we had was broken. So we were like, I guess we're going to watch VHS movies. So Anyways, cute. she has a super weird collection. It's like Deep Blue Sea, the, Tr- the Thomas Crown Affair, but the one that has Pierce Brosnan in it. Oh, not I love Pierce. that one. I know the original's good, but I also love the Pierce Brosnan one. Pierce Brosnan and Rene Russo? It's a, Here it's for a it. workable combo. Yeah. Rene Russo is topless a lot in that movie also. She is. And she looks good. I mean, she's got to be like... 40. Her job in that movie is preposterous, right? Oh, just insane. She's like, I'm an, I'm an insurance detective or whatever it is. Yeah, you're like, okay. And like, just shows up in like designer coats everywhere. It's like, what insurance company do you work for? <laughs> I've never met anyone in insurance who wears a cape to a crime scene. <laughs> it's the Louis Vuitton insurance company. <laughs> <laughs> My damn. Like, art insurers really just send out all the most fabulous people. That's how you know that the art is insured. Is the woman coming out as very beautiful and wearing Dior. It's important. God, I want to be an art insurer now. Yeah, let's, okay, guys, if you have any advice for how Vicky and I can, can, get, be, can get the job Renee Russo has in the Thomas Crown Affair, we'd love some hot tips from you. I have a lot to offer the art insurance world. Yeah, same. None of it will be a knowledge of art or yeah. insurance. My understanding is that you just fuck Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Down. <laughs> I can fulfill that job requirement. Yeah. Honestly, he's also aging amazingly. Is he? He's I'm, melting a little. Okay, do you know what? I'm thinking of him in the Thomas Crown Affair. So this is like 15, possibly 20 years ago that that remake was made. So I could be wrong. Yeah, I think you're a little wrong. I, I would re- review Pierce Brosnan. Okay. It hasn't gone as well as one would hope. Damn it. He does not have the LL Cool J magic lotion no. bath going on. Not happening. <laughs> Hydraulic lotion bath? Yeah. I hope that's what LL Cool J is really doing. God, I hope so. If I was him, I would. He must yeah. be a multimillionaire at this point. He's got he's got tons of money. Because he, like, he really did the the rap to film thing and was like, I mean, he's, like, a pretty good actor. Yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah. He nailed it in Deep Blue Sea. Of course, yes. He was Beautiful. the best part. He was the best part. I have a friend who has, like, a multi- if he, if he had to write a book, it would be a full book on LL Cool J's part alone. Amazing. And it's just like in-depth. I think he's watched this movie probably hundreds of times, like an in-depth analysis of how fantastic LL Cool J is. Like he could make the case to the Academy to give LL Cool J like a, a belated Oscar <laughs> <laughs> for this role because he just thinks it's the best thing ever. He's like, it's so preposterous, but he carries it off like it's normal. Honestly, I want to read this book. Oh, I'll Lunchman, can we call the uh, penguin? <laughs> hey, penguin random house. <laughs> we have a book idea for you. <laughs> um, Should we talk about books? Are you required to talk about books? No, actually not. But we can talk about your book. I mean, the uh, book that you're like part of. Oh, yes. I am part of a book. So tell us. Tell <laughs> Tell the people. Uh, tell the people at home about being a published author. Uh, it's uh, great. Yeah? They All those residuals just flying in. Money at you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't actually know how the that end of things works, yeah. but I am part of a book with Jesse Brown from Canada Land and Nick Zarzicki, who runs the Syrup Trap. Uh, and it was cool. Working with men is weird. Yeah. That was bizarre. They would they would we would like sit in meetings and so it's a book about Canada and so we're all coming up with ideas and thoughts about what Canada means or what Canada could mean and our idea was like we're not gonna 
sell we're not trying to sell Canada to anybody. This is like up close and intimate. It's like family. It's about like the parts of your family you actively hate. <laughs> so, so like that's what this book's <laughs> supposed to be. <laughs> but we're sitting in meetings, like chatting, and they would just like say stuff. But I never realized how long men speak for. Oh yeah. So it would just be like, oh, well, I have this idea. And then 10 minutes later, they would still be talking about that idea. You're like, no, I I got it in the first 30 seconds. No, I got it. I could summarize this. (laughs) (laughs) Like, let's go. And our meetings were on Sundays. So, like, starting Sundays at 5 and finishing Sundays at, like, 11. I was like, oh, God. No, thank you. I was like, I miss working with women. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, women do have a sense of brevity. Yeah, you just, like, keep it short and snappy. Or if you're going to go on at length, that's permission for the other women to keep working, you know? Yeah. You're like, okay, you're speaking for three minutes now. I'm going to go back to okay, typing my you know email what? now. Mm-hmm. Yes, listening. Still listening. Still here, <laughs> but like actively accomplishing things. Yeah, multitasking. <laughs> so yeah, the book was interesting to work on. Learned a lot about men in the process. Mostly, no thanks. <laughs> but <laughs> I had a lot of fun and I actually learned a ton about Canada. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. I always miss Toronto when I'm not here. Yeah. I mean, it's like my mom. Yeah. I miss her when she stops calling me, but, like, (laughs) she doesn't always stop calling me. (laughs) When I was in uh, Los Angeles recently, I was like, I cannot wait to get home. Like, I liked being there, and it was sunny, and it was beautiful, and, like, California is such a beautiful place, but I was like, I, I want people to stop tricking me into eating vegan food. Oh, no. The thing is that, is that a big thing there? A thing in California or in LA probably. I don't think it's like this in the rest of California. In LA, on a lot of menus, you'll go and they'll have a the word for the meat. So like I almost ordered these crab cakes until I noticed that the word crab cakes had quotation marks around <gasps> it. And then I read a little deeper into the menu item and I was like, well, this is just some vegan shit. Like just call it a vegan cake or like a Fakey cakey, no you're like a, a vegan cake. <laughs> what about fakey cakey? <laughs> I mean, fakey cakey is kind of adorable. So yes, right? <laughs> come to my restaurant, the Cheesecakey Factory. <laughs> um, but I was just like, I'm not, I'm not going to order these because I wanted crab cakes. We're near the ocean; shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> They want to leave the crabs in peace in the ocean. Oh, God. We are one with the crabs in the ocean. I don't actually know what vegan philosophy is. I don't know either. But I think it's like, I mean, a lot of it is, lots of people do it for sustainability and environmental reasons. And um, I respect that. But I also love cheese. So I feel like eating or not eating certain things for environmental reasons would be like, oh, have you not read the recent environment science? This is all. Yeah, we're this fucked. is wrapped up and done. Honestly, we're fucked. There's yeah. nowhere to go here. So I don't know. Eat a steak. There's a lot of cows ruining this for us anyway. Yeah. So might as well enjoy them. <laughs> There's farting out methane. Yes. <laughs> cows are partially responsible for the problem you're trying to eat again. So yeah. why Aww. not punish them for it? They're so cute, though. Cows. Cows are really cute. They are cute. You're, they're so big. That's the thing. Is I think lots of people have like I don't know. I grew up in the country, so I'm like have like been to a dairy farm. Um, a couple times, you know. Is a dairy farm different from like the place where they murder cows for meat? Yes. Okay. Um, so the kind of cows that you milk are different than the kind of cows that we eat. Um, and so in a dairy farm, they're all just like chilling. They get to like go and like eat grass and like live their best lives, and then they come in and they get milked. Uh, but they're in 
Like they get these little like pods that they're in and then people don't like milk them by hand anymore. They're like big dairy farms. You'll be on like a milking machine or whatever. Um, But cows are so cute, but they're also huge and they'll just kick you in the face like they don't give a fuck. You got to watch out. (laughs) Well, that's because the dairy cows know they've got it good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they can just kick. They kick backwards. They're just like massive animals. They'll fucking kill you if they. Dairy cows sound like the Naomi Campbell of the farm world <laughs> they're just like we have it good all we gotta do is keep giving milk we're not gonna die we get to die of old age <laughs> i was gonna say they're just throwing phones at people but was that her or was that russell crowe i think it might have been both <laughs> <laughs> oh man I wish I was a celebrity and I could just wild out. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like people have lost their minds when they're like, oh, Justin Bieber should be more humble. No. No. How many of you 18 as billionaires would be humble? Not this person. <laughs> I would, as a 30-year-old, I'd be like egging my neighbors out. <laughs> Being like, I'm drinking Cristal. What? It's Tuesday, what are you guys doing? <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, he was drag racing in Miami. I'm just like, oh. Yeah. That sounds about exactly right. Yeah, because you have m- multiple millions of dollars. So you took, you know, a quarter of a million dollars and you bought a very nice sports car. And raced So it. what are you going to do? You want to race it around. You're a fucking 18-year-old boy. Like, shit. It's the celebrities who are humble that annoy me. I love him de- deeply. Oh, yeah. But Tom Hanks gets to me. I know. It's like, listen, man, you're so beloved. You, you could do so much and still not screw up your mm-hmm. reputation. Come on, buddy. Like, do something amazing. Also, like, don't act like you're relatable. Is he not? No, he's a millionaire. But he's like people's dads. <laughs> okay, is your dad a millionaire? Mine is. No. <laughs> Do you have a kind of film career because your dad is a <laughs> millionaire film star? Have I not told you my father's Denzel Washington? Oh shit! Yeah, yeah I'm huge. <laughs> Everyone, we have Denzel Washington's daughter on the podcast today, Vicky Washington. <laughs> Uh, I can't send this to my dad now. He's going to be so upset. <laughs> my father's an excellent statistician. Oh, yeah. That's an important job. I think so. I tried to take stats when I was in university, and I was like, oh, no. Bye. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't realize we would be, we'd be doing math here, yeah, so like, I have to leave. <laughs> no. See, I, I, I was always decently good at math, but I think in high school I was struggling. I think it was like algebra or something, mm-hmm. so I tried to have him teach me. He's... Because he's a statistician, he can't. Yeah. He used to be a teacher, but he just can't talk to regular people about mm-hmm. math. So he was just, like, in there doing my homework and, like, getting really high-tech about it. And he'd yeah. be like, they haven't taught you this yet. And so you try to add on a new concept. And I was like, I'm already doing very poorly at this. Yeah. And now you're just ex- beating me at my own homework. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand the first concept. <laughs> yeah, like, and you're teaching me new things that I'm also continuing not to get. So, like, having a dad who's a statistician is... Handy when I was four, yeah. less handy when I was actually learning real math. Yeah. My dad is also very good at math because um, he's like a sales guy. So he does like weird, complicated like money math all the time. And he understands like weird algebra stuff. And I used to take my homework to him in high school and he'd be like, I'm sorry, this is very simple. I don't know why you don't understand it. And I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like mm, I can read good. <laughs> I know how to grammar. <laughs> Can't I just take college math? 
Oh, it's so funny. So that's how you ended up doing English. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I actually loved getting an English degree. Oh, yeah? I'd do it again. Wasn't there a lot of reading involved? Yeah, I fucking love reading. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so much. I feel like I'm struggling to read as an adult. I'm in so many book clubs, and half of us can't commit to the books <laughs> we're assigned. I feel like I've I've tried to be in book clubs. I'm not good at it. Because the book club I want is a dictatorship book club run by me where I make everyone read the books that I want to read and then force you to talk to me about them. Um, nobody wants to be in that book club as it turns out. <laughs> so, but I think that, I think if you're an adult, I think you just have to take it at your own pace. I know that you maybe need, I think you just need to get, I don't know what it is. I go through phases where like, I've been reading the same book for months. Yeah. And I have a book to follow it that I, like, really want to read. But even that, I'm just really, normally I'm a really fast reader. I'm taking it real slow, and I'm not sure why that is. I just I try not to punish myself for when I don't read as much as I normally do. Oh, God, I definitely punish myself. So I'm, like, I'm supposed to read all these books for all these book clubs, and so what ends up happening is I sit down with the book, and then, like, nine hours later when I have done, when I'm done avoiding it because I'm now watching <laughs> all of The Crown again... <laughs> I was like, okay, so here's the thing. Here's what you can't do. You're not allowed to go out this weekend. You have to stay in. You have to read your books for the book club. And what ends up happening is I'm just at home sitting still. <laughs> in silence? In silence. Still not reading the book. Just like avoid doing everything but reading the book. And I, I don't know what it is. I love reading, or at least mm-hmm. I used to. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just like, nope, can't do it. Won't do it. Maybe you just need a real good piece of fiction to suck in. Uh, that'd be good. That's what always does it for me. Any recommendations? Um, well, actually, the best book I read this year was by a woman who was on this podcast as well, about to name drop again, so just wait for it. Um, Drum roll. You, sh- you should read Homegoing by Yagyasi. See, I have that. Started it. I'm a third of the way through, and I have set it aside. That was a month and a half ago. <laughs> I, like, that was a book I could not put down because it amazed me how she wove the story, and I just, like, once I got to the end of a chapter and I knew that I was getting another character, yeah. I was like, I need to know who this next person is. I need to know what she's doing. I was just so interested with how she structured it and the character building she was doing within these very small yeah. sort of increments of a character. So I don't know. I feel like I have a couple books like that where I just I kind of want to leave the book suspended. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to finish it. I don't want to know how it ends because I like how everything's going. Yeah. And on the off chance it's going to maybe go poorly in the second half of the book or like a character I really like disappoints me. I'm just like, no, let us suspend this where it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like I want these characters to exist where they are as always, you know, just like keep them in amber. <laughs> so I don't finish a lot of books as well. <laughs> That's I feel like this year which has been really weird. I don't – I've my whole life I've tended not to do this. I've started a bunch of books and have not finished them this year, which is very weird for me. I finish bad books because I'm like, well, I've started it and I've yeah. already, like, gotten this far through. So I may as well f- – I've just read – finished so many books that I didn't care about because I was like, well, as well we're do here it. together, so I guess we're doing the damn thing. Maybe it's our tiny attempt to stave off the apocalypse. <laughs> Like, well, the world can't end if I haven't finished the book. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I got to make sure my bunker's full of books, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's what I would take with me when the rapture comes. Yeah. I'd be like, can you, is there a library up in heaven or down in hell? Whichever yeah, way I'm whichever. going. <laughs> as long Get as away. there is a reading opportunity. Yeah. I wonder, in hell, you probably get to read all the banned books. 
Ooh. Right? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, just like filth. Heaven is probably like the the most boring books. Ugh. Heaven's like, oh. Nicholas Sparks novels. Yeah. <laughs> Pass. It's just the notebook. <laughs> it's only it's the notebook. Only the, <laughs> just millions of copies of the notebook. I'd be like, listen, thank you. Appreciate the entrance. It's like getting into a really exclusive nightclub and then realizing everyone's <laughs> garbage there. I'd be like, I just, can I go downstairs? Yeah, actually, <laughs> is the elevator broken? Do I have to take the stairs? It's St. Peter, my guy. Yeah. Is there an option to go read the better books? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a loan exchange system? Yeah. <laughs> um, could you imagine having read The Notebook? No. I feel like, Having watched the movie, I, like, can't – I don't know. It feels crazy to me that there's a book. The movie's already so long. Do you know what I mean? The movie is so long. And so that means that the book must – there must be so much else that happens in the book. Yeah, because normally they take stuff out for a yeah. movie. Yeah, and the book, I've seen it. It's, like, not – I'm sorry, people of the – people listening. I'm making a, a size gesture with my fingers. It's a thick book. That's what I'm trying to say. And so there's got to be, like, like, what the fuck else can happen? What more do you want? See, I watched that movie when I was a teenager, so I was like, oh, yeah, romance same. is beautiful. <laughs> but my sister, who's older, she was just like, this is boring white. She was like, it's the most boring white film I've ever seen. And she, like, she's very, like, specific about her films. Like, she hated The Breakfast Club. She was like, all those boring white people locked up in a room. <laughs> So for her to, like, then add on to be, like, The Notebook, this film, I thought was great. I was like, okay, let me check it out again. And I checked, and I was like, this movie's so long. It's, like, Titanic long. You had to pause and, like, go get popcorn. And then you were finished the popcorn. Like, you just kept going for more, and the movie still wasn't over. And I saw that in theaters. Oh, God, I'm so sorry, man. It was hilarious, though, because it was a theater packed full of all women and, like, four guys who were there, like, on dates with women. And, like... At one point, like maybe in the last like 15 minutes of the movie, I was like, you know, crying because emotional, love, true love, whatever. But then I sort of stopped and I like looked around and I just noticed that every of every single fucking woman in the theater is like. (laughs) And the four dudes, like if you look, the four dudes were all laughing. (laughs) And I was like, wow, this is actually Like, it really took me out of it because I was, like, just, like, the sounds of, like, people trying to muffle sobs. (laughs) While they're cracking up. Yeah. And these dudes are all, like, I was, like, "Mm, you maybe are not getting that pussy today like you thought you were. (laughs) Yeah, like, you were in that moment for her, sir. Good luck. (laughs) Now they're going to be looking at you and thinking about Ryan Gosling's beautiful face. (laughs) Yeah, that is a real act of empathy that you stopped and wondered, I wonder how the guys are taking this in. <laughs> well, I, I mainly stopped because I had noticed the sound of crying. <laughs> and I was like, like a wall. this is jarring. I have to admit, it wasn't even like that when I saw Titanic, one of the saddest films of all time. Uh, I saw Titanic when I was too young. Yeah, same. So I kind of thought it was an action movie. And then there was a the whole romance element. And I was like, whoa, 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 what just happened here? I thought like... Now that the boat's going down, like, the yeah. action's going to happen. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, there, so she likes this guy, but the rich dude wants her. I was like, easy answer, rich dude. Yeah. All the, every time it's yeah. the rich guy. <laughs> Come on. I was Kate like, he's kind of cute, too. So, like, what? it's not like you're being sold to, like, some decrepit old rich dude. Yeah. Like, a handsome rich dude with jewelry. And let's look at it from modern perspectives. Billy Zane? Extremely hot. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio, 
middle-aged man coke bloat. So yeah. what did you make the... Well, you did make the right decision because you let Leonardo sink to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, honestly, if we're talking about who's aging better, like, yeah. Billy Zane wins this one. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. He's still looking good. Yeah. Even, he's like, I appreciate that he just, like, rocks being bald. He's just like, yeah, I just shave my head. Don't worry about it. Can I ask, do you think her letting Leonardo DiCaprio sink, that felt like a feminist act to me. Honestly, kind of. And then you take the the jewelry from him. Yeah. I like it. I think that's the most right action. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember for a while people were like, she could have let him fit on the boat, There was pl- on the door, there was plenty of space. And it's like, but why? Also, the just like internet conspiracy of like, how big was the door? Could it have carried their weight? Like, the, yeah. is the physics of this real? And yeah. I'm like, okay, everyone, it's not that deep, fam. Like, I know, right? <laughs> and it rose up to James Cameron where he had to answer for this. Yeah. James Cameron's <laughs> like, like, not a scientist, actually, not a scientist, but... It's one of those moments where you're like, yeah, old people are right about us. We waste a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you, though, my favorite current weird internet conspiracy is that Avril Lavigne is dead and there's a fake Avril Lavigne in her place. Is that in your book? No, it's not. (laughs) It's an opportunity to write an essay about Canadian culture. What? What is this? Okay. Where is this coming from? I'm going to DM you on Twitter all the (laughs) Tumblr posts, the blog posts. People just think that she, like... (laughs) It's all these things where they're like, her teeth look different, like her face looks different. Oh, is it because she went slightly Hollywood? Yeah, maybe. There's just this whole theory that she, like, is dead and that instead of allowing us to grieve for Avril Lavigne, they just replaced her with a similar-looking woman who, when you look into it, doesn't look that similar. Mainly, I think she probably just got plastic surgery um, and some dental work done, and she's definitely alive. Um, I think she's definitely alive. Yeah. That conspiracy theory would require some notion that, like, we as a society could not handle the death of Avril Lavigne. <laughs> so for our safety, they've created a doppelganger, Avril the ri- Lavigne. The riots, honestly. The, the, the Lavigne riots <laughs> of 2021 will be a problem. Napanee is going to shut the fuck down. <laughs> the hordes descending from Napanee. <laughs> Oh, man. When I was a teenager, I was very offended by Avril Lavigne because I was really into punk music. And I was like, how dare she just put on a tie and think she can listen to The Clash? Anyways, I was a real asshole. Uh, I didn't like her because she mumbled. Way better reason. <laughs> Way better reason. <laughs> well, yours was based on art. I was just yeah. like, I wish she would speak up. <laughs> <laughs> she did always do the mumbling thing in yeah, interviews. Yeah, she mumbled and like didn't make eye contact. And I was just like, did no one tell you that you make music publicly? Yeah. It just drove me nuts. You got some PR people. You yeah. got someone at the label helping like, out. Someone clearly set up this interview. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't they tell you you have to look at the interviewer? <laughs> no. She's like, I'm an angsty teen. Like, I'm going to mumble and fiddle with my tie and I was like oh I hate much music you know but I also <laughs> loved it so much same yeah we also sorry I'm just gonna talk about one more guest that I've had on this podcast <laughs> um we also talked to Nemagani and Ooh. or I guess I talked to her um and I was like just so you know you are one of my favorite BJs <laughs> she was like yeah okay I did that a long time ago <laughs> she was actually so lovely about it but I was just like I was like, I watched you on TV, like, 
every day yeah. for so many years. And now we're just like sitting here chilling. It was very cool. It was very weird. odd. Yeah. She was real all of a yeah. sudden. Oh, yeah. A real amazing person. It's so awful. You want people from TV to be the worst. Yeah. Always. Almost always. I never like when someone's like, actually, they're really that nice. No, I want them to be the worst. I think to bring it back to the Alan Thicke thing, I think that is why, like, so many people that I work with were just like, hey, here's this picture of me and Alan Thicke, like, from five years ago. Oh. They were like, he's just, like, really nice. I was like, yeah, I'll take a picture with you. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like that's, like, that's that shit where you're, like, expect people to be assholes. And then, like, even though Alan Thicke, you're just like, what did Alan Thicke do? Like, I've never seen Alan Thicke in a single thing. I never watched the show he was on. I don't like his kid, uh, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) But, like... If you met him and he was super nice to you, you'd probably be like, R.I.P. man. That's true. Shout out to you. That's true. My only like celebrity contact is Cuba Gooding Jr. that I've ever met. And when when he passes away, believe me, I will tell people that story all the time. Was he nice? Uh, he was okay. I don't <laughs> want to burn my British in Hollywood here. <laughs> uh, I worked at this restaurant in Ottawa and Cuba Gooding Jr. was filming in Ottawa because I guess career not going great. Mm-hmm. Snow so dogs. he was in Ottawa. I think it was Snow Dogs too. Wait, they. <laughs> <laughs> so he's in Ottawa filming this movie, and he keeps showing up at the restaurant where we work after he's done filming, uh, and he's just like downstairs with his security guard or attendant or whatever, and he's just getting hammered. But like word goes around Ottawa that he keeps coming back to our restaurant, so like teenage girls and random people would get it come into the restaurant all the time to try and take a picture with him. But I was hostessing, so I was supposed to stop all these people from, like, going to harass Cuba Gooding Jr. And I was like, you can't go down. These teenage girls would be like, please. And I was like, what do you know of Cuba yeah. Gooding Jr.? You're, like, 12. <laughs> um, but anyway, We love Jerry Maguire. <laughs> but then he really get, like, really hammered and come up to be super nice to us and just, like, unnecessarily uncomfortably nice where he'd be, like, holding your hand and be like, you're so beautiful and you're so smart and you should keep going to school and just, like, Thanks, dude. And then he would, like, wander out into the mall and buy something super expensive. And I was just like, being a celebrity looks kind of awful. Okay. (laughs) God love you. We got the book in. We talked about Cuba. We talked about Sandy Cohen, which is an important part of this podcast. So key. (laughs) If you don't mention Sandy Cohen once an episode, uh, I think we get fired. Yeah, we get fired (laughs) if we don't mention Sandy Cohen. Yo, thank you for coming through. It was really nice to meet you. Yeah, it was nice to meet you. Thank, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, of course. I was like telling and like people who friends of mine who also follow you on Twitter, like oh, Kyle and all those people. I was just like, I get to meet Vicky. I'm so stoked. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like so fucking hilarious on Twitter. So I'm much more entertaining on Twitter than I am in real life. But... No, that's not true. You're very entertaining <laughs> in real life. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And we can listen when we, this podcast comes out. We're gonna at Cuba Gooding Jr. Absolutely. We're gonna at Sandy Cohen. <laughs> We're going to send it to your dad. (laughs) We're going to send it to my dad. Oh, all my favorite men in that list. (laughs) Amazing. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Thanks. My thank you once again to Vicky Moshma for coming through. Uh, You can check out all her work on Metro and all of her previous work on Canada Land. Uh, All right, Cavern of Secrets is brought to you by Hazlitt. It's hosted by me, Lauren Mitchell. Uh, Our theme song was made by Bianca Giulione. Our show uh, is produced by my dear friend and beautiful human, Anshman Itamsetti. And you can find us on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud. You can go to our website. It's cavernofsecrets.com. 
Uh, you could follow us on Twitter. We are at Cavern of Secrets. Uh, and if you like what we're doing, you should totally give us a rating on iTunes. Um, every star, every word counts, and we really appreciate it, Unchman and I. We constantly just sit by a roaring fire reading the comments to each other. It's a really beautiful part of our friendship. Once again, my name is Lauren Mitchell, and I will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>